We've been on adventures to a spooky house and a spooky observatory, so let us sit and tell you about them. Also, Jen has a ghost story. More to come on this episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fabulous, uh, I want to say adventure, but this is an episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I am your host, Kat Cloco, and along with me in the shadows is Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. Hello. Hello. It's, it's, it's just us tonight. We have no guests popping up from the ceiling or the basement to say hello. So hello, everyone. Hello. It's hey, us. Hey, how's it going? It is us. It is, is that us. a TV show. It is us. That I, is us. I think it is. Yeah. This is <laughs> this us. This is us. This is okay. Us. Yeah. Shows how much TV I watch. Anyway, <laughs> you can follow us on social media at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And of course, we want your hometown haunts. Please send them to hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com so that we can read them with, with, with you, I guess. and we can comment on it it was great yeah this has been a long day (laughs) all right and also christina created a facebook group for everyone to hang out and tell their own spooky stories you can find us at facebook at hometown haunts and uh yeah we're already sharing spooky stories and and just fun life events Mm -hmm. and of course the biggest life event happening right now in our neck of the woods it's our Kickstarter for the Ooh. second issue of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities, Trails, Trains, and Terror. And Christina, do you want to say the very good news? We are funded. We are Ooh. funded. I feel like we need an air horn. But anyway. Oh, no, yeah. I'll, find, I'll find something in my sound effects box. Yeah. Expect, oh, some, expect some sort of bizarre sound here inserted. <laughs> And so now, Natty skull. Yes. And so now, uh, you know, we can content, um, concentrate on our stretch goals. Um, as many know, we are going to do an issue three if we get to $8,000. So, yes. Um, you know, we put a lot of work into each issue. And, um, you know, it, that actually isn't that much when you consider about the printing and the shipping and the paying the artists. And really, um, the more we make off the Kickstarter, the more the artists get paid. And to me, that is the best stretch goal possible. Yeah, that really is employing our own Cincinnati homegrown artists. Yes. I mean, when you think about publishing these days and just the state of a lot of things, you know, uh, it's, it's really important to compensate the artists and help them make a living. Um, I've been seeing that meme everywhere where it says, um, you know, that local art doesn't come in on a container ship. And that's true. Investing in, your, investing in local artists is so important, not just the comic, but, you know, go to art fairs and buy art from people. You know, we've got the Christmas season, holiday season coming up, um, you know, support local artists. There's a lot of great ones. Um, yeah, it is a, it's a important part of the community. Oh, yeah, it is. And our job here with the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities is to really preserve the folklore here Mm -hmm. in Cincinnati, especially as it is right now. It's always a great look into really what people are afraid of and concerned about at the time. 
and <laughs> folklorists love it. But uh, yeah, it, it's for those of you who have not, I don't know how yet, but that's because I'm just living through it. If you have not checked out the second issue, it covers the Sorg Opera House, the Chillicothe Gazette with a personal ghost story from Kevin Necessary, who is a regional Emmy Award winner. Two stories featuring the Crosswick Monster, which is our cryptid du jour this year, the Screaming Bridge and Ma Hughes Road, and of course, the wonderful, wonderful case of Laura Pruden, the psychic medium, and the invention of the Magic 8-Ball, brought to you by Christina Wald. And Jeff Cease. And (laughs) Jeff Cease. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Jeff would be upset if I did not mention yes, Jeff. Yes, yes, he wrote it. Uh, and he wrote the, it. You illustrated it. He came up with the hook for it, which I really love the hook of telling it from the point of view of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, I know there are many Sherlock fans in mm-hmm. the, everywhere, not just Cincinnati. Um, and he was a huge fan of spiritualism. Um, yes. Some might say a little gullible, but you know, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> perhaps strangely had an affinity for this considering how logical his character was yeah nah but well (laughs) i'm a cultural anthropologist that sees dead people so i kind of get it it's Mm -hmm. a weird compartmentalization that has to happen Mm -hmm. but also going back to the kickstarter kevin necessary just opened up some tears for those of you who want what is it um he's doing ink drawings and pencil pencil sketches no he's doing three avatars so if you want to have your avatar avatar drawn by kevin uh you can you better get onto it quick before it sells and um he's doing three ink sketches so yes um you know those will probably get snapped up really fast so act on it before they're gone (laughs) yeah yeah and like uh christina said we're trying to get to eight thousand. you can always overfund a kickstarter (laughs) you can always go over a hundred percent math doesn't work here in that way (laughs) so you could do more than 100 percent. well when you think about it the goal is like the minimum amount we need you know yeah. but these days especially with printing and i mean the printing just between this year and last year raised like 20 percent. yeah i mean it's it uh you know a lot of uh costs are kind of fluctuating anyway so oh that uh, reminds me our printing is done here in cincinnati we yes. don't ship it to any other like it doesn't go out of the country to get printed. It yes. is a local printer here. So we are trying, we try to keep the project as much contained in the region as possible, just mm-hmm. because we're artists supporting other artists. So if you're wondering where it gets printed, it is a uh, printing company here in Cincinnati. Yes. So, so um, you know, it's, it's uh, really great. Like, like we were just saying, it's all part of the community and, you know, the lore is part of the community. Yes. Um, even though there's something there's something unique to each community about their lore and yet ubiquitous. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, but anyway, and speaking of lore, you and I have been on a couple ghost hunts. Yes. Yes, we have. I was going to ask Jen, what have you been up to? Oh yes, yes. Jen's been on her own adventures. Yeah, you have. Okay. Sorry if that my thingy rubbed. Um. Well. <laughs> ooh. That sounded bad. You cut that, please. <laughs> oh, no, it's pretty funny. That is really uh, funny. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're a little Your microphone? Happy. My microphone, yeah. <laughs> um, I have 
Well, I was on vacation and I went to Disney uh-huh. and then came back, got back into the hundred of things. And then uh, last weekend I went to visit, not last weekend, the weekend before last, went to visit my friend Christine, who was um, walking in a breast cancer fundraiser fashion show. Oh, fun. Yes. And my friend, and she, my friend, Christine, I always refer to her as that she is a sensitive person and has taken a class at the spiritualist place in Indy. Oh, okay. What's in Chester, what the Chesterfield camp Chesterfield. Yes. So, um, and I'll just, I'll just leave it at that for her background. And so we were both exhausted. She had gotten a hotel room that night because the event was in a hotel. And so we just ended up staying in the hotel. And I think it was probably before midnight when we went to bed. And I have no idea what time of morning this happened, but the hotel room was completely dark. It was completely silent. Like I didn't have a fan on the air conditioning wasn't running. And I was kind of halfway in between sleep and kind of waking up and like, I wasn't fully conscious, conscious, but enough to know that I'm probably going to have to pee soon. So yeah, as it is, as you get older, you have to pee in the middle of the night all the time. So hey, I've been doing that since I was two. <laughs> so see oh, a lot of ghosts sucks. that way too, by the way. <laughs> which reminds me of have i i'm sorry to interrupt but this oh, is more fine. for next for next week have i ever told you about my first ghost sighting yes okay. maybe tell it okay. again no i'm not doing it now i will do it okay. next week when we're sharing okay. ghost stories so okay. okay go back so it is like sometime in the middle of the night okay somewhere around there i mean like there was no sun or anything so i am facing towards christine's direction and i believe she's facing towards mine because she was in her queen bed i was in my queen bed and i just hear hey jenny Uh, i'm not done i have something to tell you Ah. Christine has to poop. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Or something to the effect. Christine had to poop. I had to poop. This thing had to poop. Something about poop. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I'm a little freaked out. I but I do have to pee. <laughs> so I got so up to pee and went back to, to bed. Pee. Went to pee, got, uh, went back to bed and fell asleep. So I woke up in the morning and I'm like, so Chris, were you talking to me in your sleep last night? Did you happen to say, Hey, Jenny? No, I was out. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, and then I explained to her what happened and she just started laughing her ass off. Okay. She goes, yeah, that was raindrop. I'm like, pray tell who and what is raindrop? <laughs> she's my spirit guide. She's my joy spirit guide. And I said, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as we kept talking, she's like, yep, raindrops. She's laughing. She think it's funny. She's just messing with you. And that, that was it. <laughs> wow. But I distinctly heard this. 
distinctly. That is the, the best ghost message I think I've ever heard. Yeah. That, and that she is, was just having that, fun. That's like a Hall of Famer <laughs> kind of thing. That is. That is. If you're going to get something whispering in your ear, at least yeah. it was a joke. And yeah. not like, get out. Like yeah, that. no, no, God, no. I would have screamed had it been that. Yeah. But no, it. It I probably just, just freaked out a bunch of people with my wonderful brain. Anyone that was listening did. while they were falling asleep just woke up. <laughs> people with their earbuds in, the kind of dozing off, you know. I'm so sorry, everyone. I miss sorry, my calling sorry. as a metal band <sighs> member. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's never too late. It's no. true. No. Uh, but she has offered to take me up there. There to the spiritualist place that might be oh, interesting that would be so cool we should all go. um Let's and all go. so she explained to me that in the class they help you find your spirit guides and i guess you have more than one you can yeah. and her uh raindrop was is her kind of her just joy she's like a five-year-old little kid that just is always wanting to play and be happy and oh i, I was going to, to say the somebody needs to poop thing my before you said it was a spirit guide my guess was this hotel is haunted by a small child or two because yeah. that is definitely something that a prankster kid would do yeah that is easily between the ages of five and ten so or never gets old i was no. more expecting some for her to say something like that but when she said spirit guide um or when she just said raindrop i'm like excuse me what yeah <laughs> she's never told me about raindrop or oh, any raindrop of her spirit guides. Is a disarming name for someone yeah or something and she christine seems to think so we had a balloon in the room because at the event there were all these tons of pink balloons and i may or may not have tried to grab about a hundred of them and stuff them <laughs> in my car and it didn't work and i had to pop half of them in the garage and it sounded like gunfire so we had one in the hotel room and she thinks that's what kind of brought raindrop out. She wanted to kind of play and. That could be it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting, it sounds very interesting. interesting experience. That is an interesting experience. Yeah. Wow. Well, was that your first paranormal experience? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. that's a pretty good and, one. And it wasn't, uh, I mean, it freaked me out a little bit, but it didn't, like, I did not feel like I was surrounded by malevolence or, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. That's if you want to fuck with me and it's funny, okay, fine. Just don't, it knew you were a connoisseur <laughs> of fine comedy. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and who's to say, I'm like, is it? I, I had asked Christine, is it just because, you know, I'm with you? And she's like, well, you're a little bit more open than you used to be. And <sighs> she said that that raindrop doesn't really do this to other people, but it was I she just maybe couldn't have helped herself. And Christine hmm. had a really good day that day. So I <laughs> so uh, yeah. that, that's kind of interesting, uh, you know, because a lot of people talk about having spirit guides. Are they often mm-hmm. Are they often people or are they some sort of other entity or? They're with whatever you really click with. So 
some people will say they're like saints or angels if that's how you want to interpret them some others will say they're a type of a spirit animal or a family member it's whoever you want to interpret and click with it the best Mm -hmm. so i have two spirit guides sometimes it's three but it hasn't been a crisis for a while so we've stuck with two and yeah i used to talk to them all the time when i was a little kid freaked my parents out and uh yeah so if your kids are talking to someone and you don't think there's anything wrong because i will also say kids that are abused will talk to themselves as well um there is a coping mechanism with talking to yourself but i would actually talk to and respond to something not in the room like not someone that my parents could see mm-hmm. and that was sam and uh yeah i i have that's how i communicate with the dead i don't communicate directly with a dead person it all has this little buffer so yeah and that's what a spirit guide kind of re- is is they will help guide you through things. If you're having a tough time, they'll send you signs to help with decision-making. But if you're talking to the dead as frequently as I do, they act as a buffer. So nothing actually can attach and make things really difficult. So yeah, um, yeah like that's probably what Raindrop does is act as a yeah. buffer to your friend. Well, and Chris, she also told me that, uh, like I have always felt like my dad was hanging around me mm-hmm. and I'm not Christian, but I always liked the idea of a guardian angel. Mm-hmm. So I guess I kind of always thought of my dad as kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few months ago when Christine was here, she's like, yeah, your, your dad talked to me. If you ever want to, he's like, if you ever want to, and it, I think it was through something. I don't know. And I was just like, Okay, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. Don't really <laughs> know how to take that, but okay. But I mean, it's around it was, the talk if you want to talk to him, basically. Right. And she has told me that she she has seen my dad around me a lot. And you got you and um, was it Amy, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. Ashley. Mm-hmm. one of them, Amanda. It was Amanda said that you saw someone by me that one time when we were talking yeah so yeah it's a little it's not as scary as i thought it would be yeah it's kind of fun at this point so yeah and that's that's how it should be it should be fun and comforting it's i i hate to disappoint all the horror movie buffs but really the paranormal is nowhere near as scary as people want the movies make it out to be (laughs) like it just really isn't and uh i it's more comforting because you're trying to cope with a loss of family members and this is a way mm-hmm. of still talking to yeah. them so well and it's nice yeah. to think there's something out there that's protecting you from you know swerving into oncoming traffic or yes or sending someone you, yeah <laughs> like sending you prophetic dreams of uh-huh. warning you or something like that yeah. a lot of that yeah. or um more new age people will believe in them accessing the spirit guides accessing the akashic records and all that mm-hmm. so which we i think we've talked about in a yeah, different we've talked episode. About, i forget which yeah. episode we talked about yeah it, but we have mentioned them. dozens of episodes ago now <laughs> but 
yeah it spirit guides are handy um and i make it sound like they're a cell phone that you keep <laughs> in your pocket now don't piss them off cat <laughs> no there's memes especially with spirit mediums that circle around which is like captain picard with his face palming and the the caption is what my spirit guide is doing right now like i have well, seen was, those memes there was the post that you did last week i don't know if you want to talk about it this week or oh. hold off to our extravaganza and tell a story no there. i can tell it now because i, I have that was so, so many ghost stories i could share with everyone um and yeah as a sneak peek for next week's episode it's our 50th episode so we Woo-hoo. are doing a ghost story bonanza or hometown 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 haunt bonanza uh so if you like to share your own spooky stories personal ghost encounters we are collecting them is also our halloween episode and uh, we will share them on air and i will probably bore people to death with my own ghost experiences so um yeah it it, it will be fun i i love listening to other people's ghost encounters Mm-hmm. so tell us about this one you just said last week about okay your so son. yeah this one does not have i did i honestly did not see what he was seeing but i believe him so we went with it so um a few of you may know that we lost our dog wheatley in august or sorry the last day of july this year he died after a five-year battle with anal anal sac androcarcinoma which is a very fancy word to say butt cancer and um he fought forever but he did peacefully fall asleep here at home um with an aid of a very special veterinarian so um it's been kind of an adjustment we are always used to having a lot of pets in this house and suddenly we're sans our most um mischievous dog and he followed us everywhere he followed uh, my son everywhere and um basically made sure that little guy never got into any real harm along with our other dog chewy and sometimes occasionally our third dog mickey wheatley was very distinct if you have never seen a photo of him uh we have portuguese water dogs and if you think of a poodle standard size poodle slightly shorter and stockier and fluffier that is a portuguese water dog and they're very goofy they have a very gregarious attitude and he looked like just a super fluffy dalmatian so think white and black spots so um we actually last week went to a friend's house who lives on a farm and mickey and chewy came with us and ran through every bramble bush known to man to have grown on this farm and then swam through the pond that houses a colony of muskrats my (gasps) dogs stank they were so smelly and i had 40 minute drive back to cincinnati with two damp dogs and a toddler going mommy they smell mommy they smell mommy they smell and i'm like i am aware of they smell so we get home and i rush the dogs upstairs to go take a bath so i can start the detangling process of what ended up being thousands of burrs in oh their coats we were oh picking gosh. we're still picking them out but we got them out of the sensitive areas 
like their toes and their ears and made sure they weren't up their noses and stuff like that. So two dog baths done. Dogs smell a lot better. The water was soup green. It was bad. And little guy helps me dry the dogs. He loves helping me bathe the dogs. And he runs past our staircase and our staircase has a landing halfway through and he looks down and he looks at me and he goes, Wheatley's turn. And I'm like, Wheatley's turn. And he's like, Wheatley bath now. And I'm like, well, if Wheatley would like a bath, then sure he could come get a bath. So I opened the gate that's at the top of the staircase. I don't know why I did because I know Wheatley could walk through that thing, but I'm like, okay, Wheatley, it's time to go take a bath. And little guy points to my bedroom and goes, he's in there now. And I'm like, well, that's not where the bath is. Wheatley hates taking baths, hates it. We'd have to pick them up and put them in the tub. Other two dogs, fine. They'll get in on their own. Wheatley hates it. So I walk into the bedroom and I go, okay, little dude, where is Wheatley? Because I wasn't seeing him. But like I said, I wasn't not thinking little dude couldn't see him and he points out like beyond the bed where Wheatley is and I'm like okay Wheatley it's time to come let's go take a bath now and then little dude looks at me and he goes Wheatley's hiding no bath so Wheatley did not get a bath but I tried and uh, I'm thinking and I've had my suspicions through the years that he may be a touch sensitive if not more attuned than I am. And um, because he he was talking to Bill, who's a resident ghost, when he was, oh, two and a half. I caught him talking to Bill. And I'm like, Bill, that's not cool. Don't do that. Mm -mm. Bill is my son alone. (laughs) Yeah, Bill has not talked to little dude since then. But I was like, no, dude, that's that's a little weird. But Wheatley, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that is little dude's ghost story. He will be way too young to ever remember this, but now it's saved. Yes, yes, and he can it's archived yeah. now. Um, that this is what happened. So I, it it was it was uh, a thing, and I have seen Wheatley once in a while around the house. Usually, it will be I'll catch the little top of his hair. His the top of his head was white. It had a little white patch. I'll see that behind the table or I'll see the white end of his tail, the hair on the end of his tail. Um, And I'll see it like duck right behind a couch. Mm -hmm. So, or enter into when we had his crate set up, I would see it enter into the crate because that's where he would sleep at night. He loved being in his crate. So yeah, that is, he remembers it. And uh, I, there was a time in August, mid August, around his birthday, what would have been his 10th birthday. Um, I was just in bed, you know, in the morning where you're like, I don't want to get up. Mm-hmm. And I could feel a dog jump onto bed and it was really heavy. And Wheatley was our biggest of the three. And I felt him flop down. Cause he would just, instead of, you know, gracefully flopping mm-hmm. down a few legs at a time, he would just go boom. <laughs> and then I could feel his head on my hand. So Aww. he's still around. And I, I will, it'll be interesting to see how the new addition will, the new dog, we, we're getting a puppy, um, will, yay. yeah, yay, um, <laughs> will take to seeing Wheatley around because I'm sure the dogs see him too. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you have other, what do you, don't you have a rabbit or something too? You have- we do have one ancient rabbit. Mm-hmm. I think he's ready to start doling out like sage advice and fortunes to uh-huh. busy travelers along the road. Uh, he's 13. Whoa. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't think I've yeah. ever heard of a rabbit living that long. That's surprising. What is their life expects? Uh, it depends on the size and the breed. So ch- chewy. No, Sammy is a English spot lion head mix that we got mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from a, a shelter in Lafayette, Indiana, back in 2008. And oh, wow. yeah. and uh, he is now completely blind. And <laughs> um, we let him out about every day for about an hour and he basically just sits in one place now but um chewy loves him and will just groom him and groom him and groom him which is why i think he's still alive because he knows he gets a lot of love and attention so yeah we got sammy and yeah sammy will hear things now but he's so old it's like great grandpa freaking out at a a (laughs) chair moving he's just like what's that he still has his hearing though but yeah shocked by everything all the time oh mm-hmm. yep so uh ghost hunts we've been on a few yeah it's been a fun couple of weeks <laughs> it's like you started ghost hunting and you we just keep going to everything every every ghost hunt i feel i i feel like spiritual realm paranormal is about to be like stop buying the tickets stop it no, they seemed very, especially at the um, observatory. There, I mean, you know, it was kind of like going to Cheers. Yeah, hey, that was kind cat. of fun. It was, hey, cat. And they were asking. I mean, they were asking you about what you were feeling and stuff too. So that was cool. Yeah, I was, I was a really resident cool. medium that that time. So uh, should we start with the Benninghofen and then yeah, move on yeah. to the observatory? Because yeah, they both had a lot go on um but uh still salty i missed it you you have to i really think and we were talking to ashley today that uh you need to go to the benninghofen house um and i discovered there's two of them but i mean it's open it's a museum and it's open during the day and it is going to be creepy no matter what time of day you go okay so (laughs) Yeah, especially right now they have everything dressed up as uh, in morning attire for the house. So will change after the thirty first, I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. then it will so, be a creepy Christmas. Hop to it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it'll be feather trees galore for Christmas. <laughs> so so um, yeah, uh, we'll let you do the history. I'll, I'll kind of have it focus on you. And... Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> I'll mute myself so I don't rub my thingy. <laughs> oh, geez. Sorry. It's all right. Sorry. Not I'm far. punchy tonight. So, <laughs> all right. So, okay. But the history is not too long, everyone, because I'm, it, this is a very old house, but it's also the Butler County Historical Society their main offices so if you want to learn more about the actual building i encourage you to go visit their website and they have a huge listing about everything every land transfer everything about the place it's really good but 
for those of you listening, what is important to know is that the John W. Benninghoffen, that he purchased the house from a lawyer, Noah C. McFarland, and Benninghoffen was the owner of the Schuler, well, one of the owners of the Schuler and Benninghoffen wool mills in Hamilton, Ohio. So they made fabrics. They also started making paper later in, in the industry. Big part of bringing the Industrial Revolution to Hamilton, Ohio. Uh, when Pauline Benninghoffen, who was John's surviving daughter, when she died in 1947, she willed the estate to the city of Hamilton. And the house was built between 1861 and 1863. But the Benninghoffens, I believe, they put on an addition, which is also super haunted. Every room has its own little resident ghost. I won't say little. There's multiple ones. And uh, really, I think Christine of like... Do you want me to go? Sorry, this is just an editorial note. Do you want me to go with all the different ghosts that are there that I didn't see first or that we did encounter and then do the ones we didn't see? I would say the ones we saw first, because that's the most okay. interesting. The ones we didn't see, you know, that's sort of like a after, you know, and maybe we'll see them or you'll see them. I didn't see any. That's true. Well, actually, it would be good to start with your impressions of the place before mine. Uh-huh. Um, change the view here. Um, you know, I, I was thinking it was just a really cool house. Um, you know, it was in, they had it all set up with cameras, and of course they had the dowsing rods and um all the different equipment to uh what's the thing that does the kinetic capture? Um, okay, that was oh what cool. were they calling like the, it? Oh man, not the obelisk. Like, so it is it's mm, sorry i forget what they call it just you just asked me and went Whoo! um i'm gonna say it's like a connect thing or something is connect is what it is it's for the xbox it's just the mm -hmm. xbox connect it's still that same technology mm -hmm. and uh, i mean i mean that was all really cool they were seeing something on there um you know i feel like i don't really feel i mean i didn't really see anything you know, the place was definitely cool. They had a big art display by Robert McCloskey, who is a Caldecott winning artist. And I was really enjoying seeing all of his originals. But I remember, you know, I went down to sketch in the basement because I brought my sketchbook and it had all this really cool old kitchen stuff, like old ovens and stuff. And you came down and you said, oh my gosh, there's all these presidents, presidents presences here. Prison. And there's I was a, like, there oh, was I was a lot just looking there. at the cool kitchens. <laughs> there's a lot of neat stuff down there. And yeah. I feel... I feel bad for the ghosts that are down there because they kind of get forgotten. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we, we can talk about it. So did it was spooky. I think it was interesting having such a time capsule of a building attached to then their archives and then a event hall. And then there is a basement too. So um, it was kind of a strange juxtaposition between the actual event space in their archives and then the actual house but I, the, my favorite thing was that circus playset that they had they oh had a god that was huge circus and it had the creepiest looking clowns you've ever seen you know i kind of wish that at these hunts they just left the lights on because i don't think it would be less creepy i think it would be even creepier with the lights. Really? why don't you talk about the um sitting through ashley's readings 
Oh, yes. Well, I, I, I skip off for a second. Okay. Yes, it was the first time that I've been to a reading before. Um, okay. And it was really interesting because she gets her impressions and writes them down and was getting readings on a lot of people in the room. She didn't see anything around Kat or myself. Um, and she felt really bad afterwards. She was like, I didn't see anything around you. I'm sorry I didn't. And it's like, there's nothing you could do about that. That's just the way these things are. Yeah. Oh, man, um, I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah. But you know what? It kind <laughs> of reminded me of there's this game. There's this game we play occasionally called Mysterium. Uh-huh. And its premise is not that different from um, how the reading was. Like in the game, it's kind of like a spooky version of Clue. And you have oh, these fun. dream cards and you're trying to figure out who murdered someone and where. And it has these like abstract paintings that you have to describe for people to figure out who the murderer was. And it very much felt like that, where it's sort of like you get these impressions and colors and feelings and <laughs> And people saying stuff and they're you're trying to figure out who it's around and perhaps okay. your friends talked a little bit about that too um no you know she's always been kind of um it took her a while to open that side of her up to me and now i mean it she told me years ago i mean her first ex- experience is amazing and i'm sorry to leave you hanging but i'm not going to tell it here but because i'm hoping to convince her to come on and talk about our experiences Mm -hmm. but um she kind of every now and then lets things slip i mean she said when she talked to my dad it was when 10 years ago when i moved into the house so and she didn't tell me until this year (laughs) oh my god well, I mean, so, I'm sure there's a little bit of worry when you tell someone that you're talking to well, someone yeah. because people might think you're crazy or think you're well, weird or, you know, I've never thought she was the way you'd hoped. I've never thought she was crazy. I mm-hmm. think she just knew I wasn't open to it and mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to hear anything about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I've opened myself up to it a little bit more through doing the podcast and Mm -hmm. yeah uh, I I mean I wish I I saw some of the stuff that that people see when we're you know at those places like when we went to the Doty house and and stuff like that you know it would be interesting to see did you see anything when we were at the Doty house did you see or feel anything no uh -uh. Mm uh-uh and I can't help but wonder the reason why I had this experience this last weekend is because of Christine and like the voice wasn't like right up next to me in my ear. It wasn't like she was standing next to me. I thought Christine was whispering to me, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was her at first. And I'm like, mm, no, she generally does not talk like that in her sleep. So, mm-hmm. um, like I've woken myself up before talking, you oh, know, interesting. So you talk yeah. in your sleep. Oh God. Yeah. And most recently I had a nightmare and I haven't had a nightmare in a long time. And I woke up screaming, who the fuck are you? I think you talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. I I seem to recollect. And I was just like, well, what the hell was that? (laughs) You know, that's the most recent case. And it just every, sometimes I wake myself up laughing. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, but I, I really do think my experience was because Christine was there and obviously 
Raindrop was there because of Christine. And I told my nephew about it. And he was just like, ghosts aren't real. (laughs) And I said, no, why aren't they real? Because they're monsters and monsters aren't real. I said, well, not all of them are mean. Not all of them are monsters. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did not like the fact that Raindrop could be real. And he's like, Raindrop won't come here. Well, she, nope, she's only around Christine, honey. And if she does and you don't want her there, you just tell her to go away. Say, you are not allowed to be in my house. But this isn't my house. It's mama's house. <laughs> well, you know, that's kind of an interesting, um, what's the word, contradiction that you're told kind of as a kid where, where you're told like a lot of stuff's not real. But then you're told mm-hmm. some contradictory stuff is. And so, yeah. you know, I think that that's probably why I was somewhat skeptical as a kid, um, you know, even about religion and everything, because I was mm-hmm. super, when I was a little kid, I was super into fantasy and witches and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And when I was told all that stuff was not real, I think I just was like, well, if the cool stuff's not real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, and I was always afraid yeah. of it because I thought it was real. Uh-huh. Like I thought the vampires were real and I would have to, you know, cover my neck when I slept at night because <laughs> they were going to come in and eat me. And yeah. uh, if they didn't see my neck, I didn't have one. So, yeah. But we were talking about how in the reading, <laughs> basically, Ashley gets a lot of impressions of things like she gets um, like, I, I want to say it's almost like a piecemeal of details, sort of. It, it's a huge just flood of information being uh, sent it over it's confusing because you don't know what goes to who yep uh did, did you guys did she figure out who what she was it related to anybody there oh yes like that was attending there, there the was event mm-hmm. okay that had some fairly active family members and yes there friends. was three and there was one where it, it you could tell the family members were screaming to be heard because this woman walked in and her, not her energy, but the energy around her was just so intense. And I was, oh, no. I even physically just leaned away like this. Uh, great for video. I, anyway, <laughs> I leaned away from her because just to kind of get out of that little force field because it was just too much. And then once she was the reading that was first and Ashley pointed to her and I was just like, it has to be her because if you don't shut them up, we're not going to be able to read anybody else. So Mm -hmm. they were artificially spiking up the energy. And then once they were read, um, they backed off. But Oh, wow. And both of us sensed the same thing. And the really weird one was there was a not weird, like no one's ever weird, even though I say stay weird. Anyway, um, interesting interesting thing. Yeah. Was there was a girl. Did you talk about Winnie the Pooh? Mm-mm. yes there was the there was, she kept seeing winnie the pooh she kept seeing winnie the pooh ashley kept okay. seeing winnie the pooh there was this uh teen who was there and i i don't know how much about the other members. we didn't we didn't talk i didn't know how confidential a lot of that stuff is i don't know i i won't get into it yeah then. yeah um, um but there was there was a girl who was getting a reading and ashley and i both picked up on a blue car getting into an accident and when we asked the room, we're like, why are two mediums getting a blue car, like a very obviously blue car, uh, like cornflower blue, if anyone knows that color, um, colored car getting into an accident. And no one was saying that was theirs. And I'm like, clearly 
why did we both pick up on this? We're sitting on opposite sides of the event space. She was up near the stage and I was all the way in the back. And both of us picked up on that. Perhaps that was something that had to do more with the space than with the people there. Maybe it it could have been that Mm -hmm. there's artifacts everywhere, which is fantastic. And if you're a medium, it's hell because (laughs) everything has something attached to it. Really, and you're just sitting there going, "Oh, really? Does this have to have an attachment? A sewing machine, really? Or like the spoon? Sincerely, there's a spoon that has a little girl ghost attached to it. Like these are just examples, not actually at Benninghofen. But I mean, the things that people get attached to is just amazing." And uh, I used to kind of doubt people being ghosts being attached to just items until I was dealing with my mother's own psychosis. And then I got it. I was like, okay, now, now I get how people are so attached to items. So, Mm -hmm. so So what about Winnie the Pooh? Oh, um, is that something you don't want to share? Well, this, I don't think was that. I, I don't think this personal. is identifying some other at stuff all. that was pretty personal that I don't yeah. know if I'd want to this one was silly about, but yeah um so Ashley was and to a limited extent me but Ashley's much better than me as a medium um there was a Winnie the Pooh we kept getting flashes of Winnie the Pooh and no one would also own up to that and Ashley's like why does he keep showing me Winnie the Pooh why Winnie the Pooh and then somebody kind of rose her hand and said oh i dressed up as winnie the pooh for halloween a few years ago and we're like seriously that was you that was you so is that come that's coming from the person not necessarily a a a spirit around that was the spirit telling ashley and in extent myself um i wasn't getting told explicitly who it was belonged to but mm-hmm. a spirit who was trying to communicate through Ashley to their friend was saying Winnie the Pooh dressed up Winnie the Pooh. But with a lot of these messages, it's a lot like a bad case of telephone yeah. where you'll get an I'll, I'll give an example a little bit later at Benninghofen. But um, yeah, it, it's you get bits and pieces and you, it's a little bit of a mystery that putting it together and then once it's all together you're like oh that was so easy why didn't i get that the first time is, is it so, kind of like being at a party and you, you're overhearing snippets of conversation yeah it's exactly like mm-hmm. being at a party and that's exactly how it was there that night because um not only did everyone have their own spirits that were trying to communicate brought in because ashley was doing a reading i didn't but, know we were getting a reading so that's why oh no, that was part of the vip package that's what made i know it but i just i guess i just didn't oh. i've never sat through a <laughs> reading before i'm really so, mad i missed it i wanted I know, to see ashley do her thing oh, it was but very you cool got to go on the haunted mansion ride so it's not the same <laughs> although it was pretty fun on mansion it's fun <laughs> So someday we'll get you a, to do one with Ashley. Hopefully she'll come up with something. Christina and I struck out. She just looked at us and went, like, nope, nothing. Wah, wah. And I'm <laughs> well, like, well, I'm, be... I'm not surprised because I chat with them already. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> And it could be there were so many other things in the room. I didn't know there was. what was happening because she said yeah. that 
so people knew what was happening that kind of opened the door too yes it floodgates it which uh-huh. is what happens at Benninghofen too just um as i've i that was the first time i've ever been there there are so many ghosts there that once they realize that you're able to speak to them they just brigade you <laughs> and they're just like I need to talk about what tuna fish sandwich order I want. And then there's like a bunch of them screaming all sorts of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So and it gets nonsense. Cre- there was that creepy doll that was in the in the uh, main room. Yeah, so we can start with that. Let's the start parlor. With the creepy doll. We'll start with the creepy doll. And um yeah, Jen, I sh- I I know I sent you a video <laughs> of the flashlight turning on and off by itself on top yeah, of the creepy doll. We have video and we have photos that we'll put in the in the yeah in the in the notes and for people listening on itunes uh go over to um you know or listening in spotify or whatever uh go to youtube and take a look at the stuff if you want to because there was some pretty creepy footage yeah yeah we caught some creepy footage no ghosts but we got equipment acting strange so uh for those of you who haven't been on a ghost hunt one of the things that we do use our analog um flashlights that are the mag light flashlights so you have the screw top and uh, you basically unscrew it to the point where the battery compartment can't really touch the coils of the light to complete the circuit and the hypothesis is with that that spirits can basically act as the completion of the circuit and turn the lights on and off as they want to communicate Jen saw this at Dodie Homestead. So did you, Christina. We had a really good session with those, with the uh, lady of the house there uh, on the Dodie Homestead. Same thing went here, except for instead of a pioneer woman completing the circuit and talking to us, it was a doll. It was a possessed doll. Fuck you, no. I don't want to see that. I know. So we walk in and Christina, what did you first think about the parlor? Um, you know, it was I mean, like the thing I was thinking was, why is everything so dark? <laughs> it was kind of like I wished that they would have, you know, um, because I'm always worried about tripping over something and breaking something because they had like equipment on the floor with, you know, I mean that doll certainly was really creepy. Yes. Um, you know, I don't get you know, I don't get much of a vibe off stuff. And, um, you know, that one was sending off major vibes. Like I walked no. in and I immediately sh- just looked at this casket they had on display. I mean, and it certainly a- looked creepy. Like they had um, cloth over all the mirrors because it yep. was kind of set up in the, what did you call it? It was, it was morning, like morning, it's in morning where, attire like, where they have um, how they did it in the 1800s. All mirrors would be covered and you know you have this 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 uh casket with a doll in it in the main what do you call living room you know yeah it was it was it was definitely weird yeah Um, it was the front parlor and they had the casket it was a wicker casket and they had it specially made for this display so it was a brand new casket it wasn't one that you would find at let's say the museum of mortuary history that's outside oklahoma city like I've seen that real once. They're surprisingly shallow. But anyway, they so they had this doll propped up in it. And I look at that and I'm like, there is something up with this doll. I don't know what it is. I walked in too late to hear any of the history on purpose. And I'm just, I point to one of the um, 
paranormal team members and i'm like what is up with this doll what is up with it like it why is its energy just shooting through the charts high and they're like well you didn't hear the story and i'm like i Okay, so clearly something is super attached to this doll. I believe they called it Carolyn or Caroline. Um, Caroline. Caroline, I thought. I thought so too. Um, and it just talks through this doll. And uh, it, it that's really kind of creepy. Now, looking through the Benninghoffens were German immigrant German immigrants. And um, if it was, did I keep up the thing? I may not have. Um, that name is actually important to the family. Let me find where I put find a grave. Recently closed. I guess I closed it so long ago. I can't. I can't remember. So I'm not going to bother saying it. I don't want to get it wrong. But anyway, um, so that was definitely the first impression I got was that it was just creepy. Also, why didn't they turn a light on? Because it was so dark with the morning attire on everything. They had mannequins up throughout the house, which is one of those. Oh, hell no. Like it, I'm already reading and seeing ghosts everywhere. The last thing I need to be running into is a mannequin fully dressed as a morning, like a woman in morning attire. And that's what they had all over the house. But they had, um, it was so dark. And I almost tripped into the, the full-size harp that they have in the parlor. That but, was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Not me tripping into it. No, 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 no. Well, that was my concern actual, when it's so dark. Is tripping, over stuff is like tripping that. into things. Well, I, I turn around and I see Wilhelmina and Wilhelmina did not present herself as the adult woman that she was. She presented herself as a young kid, which I found really weird because when she spoke to me, she was, she had dark, dark brown hair, almost black. And she was dressed in a white dress, not a morning outfit, but it was a girl's dress from, oh, the 1850s maybe 1840s so puffy but anyway um and center part and then she had her hair done in the sides but she spoke to me like she was easily a 50 year old matriarch of a family like who knew what everything was going and i'm just looking at this kid and i'm like okay how you're presenting and how you're talking are two very different feelings <laughs> like the the aesthetics here are clashing incredibly and she was really cranky that i looked immediately at the casket and not to her wilhelmina benninghoffen is by far the most well-known and well spotted ghost in the entire building she basically stays in the parlor she'll sometimes go into the dining room and the front hall but she's basically seen there she's usually seen as a full-grown woman i don't know why i was seeing her as a young kid but um which is weird i don't usually see little kids at all um but yeah she's definitely by far the most prevalent spirit that everyone has seen there it seemed like many people had encounters with her she is vocal <laughs> she's very uh, she's your classic Victorian ghost lady. 
very <laughs> prim, very proper. Things need to be in the place. If you don't do things in the correct social order, that she gets really flustered. But I could tell something was missing. And I was just like, why am I getting the sense of something missing? And Kathy, who was, I think she's the curator or the director of the um, society, historical society. She'll probably drop in our DMs and go, I'm the blah, 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 which is so. fine. Yes, I hope do. so. I, I don't mind being corrected on history yes. because... We don't have a huge dossier this time. I'm working from a memory and I'm an overworked mom. So sometimes (laughs) things go. So anyway, um, that's the scientific term for it. (laughs) It really does. That's the name of this episode, everyone. It all goes, no. (laughs) No one will listen to it. Um, All the five-year-olds may, but we have some cursing. So maybe that's not smart. Anyhow. So um, Kathy did mention when I taught her that she had purposely moved something out of its safety, but she did not tell me what. And I appreciated that because I don't like being told things because mm-hmm. if I pull it out of thin air, then it's kind of more of a, hey, maybe yeah. something's happened. I'm talking to someone who knows. And I kept looking at a hair wreath and I kept thinking, ring ring is it this hair wreath it's in the shape of a ring it's a dark ring that i'm being shown it must be this hair wreath and they have a wreath it's a memento mori that is made out of human hair and it's a wreath and they have a few of them um and i was like this doesn't feel right but it's a ring it's a ring why am i seeing ring and later i have not gotten a confirmation from her from this weekend but There is a wonderful, and we'll put it in the show notes, video that Kathy does about the ghosts of Benninghofen. They did it last year. And she mentions that she will remove Wilhelmina's wedding ring from the room, as well as another keepsake to keep them safe because they're irreplaceable. And probably what I was getting and not interpreting correctly, because that happens, was Wilhelmina telling me, my ring, my ring is missing. And I was too dumb to figure it out. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, with any conversation where it's out of um, context, that's probably where it gets really difficult. And, you know, even, you know, with, with obviously you don't know these people personally, you know, so references they make may not make any sense to you. Yeah. And that's, that's the communication problems we run into talking with the dead, Mm -hmm. especially if they're not contemporary dead, because Mm -hmm. if you're trying to talk to Wilhelmina, who I think died before 1900, um, Mm -hmm. yet again, I'll probably be corrected on that. Really contemporary things like the telephone. I know Kathy mentioned the vacuum she's afraid of. She thinks it's going to suck her up. Um, so sometimes you need to kind of reinterpret modern machines and inventions so that people that had lived and died in eras besides our own can not be afraid of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking at all the notes. Uh, that was it really for the first floor. We did run into James at the stairwell, which we don't know who. So the, 
the connect system was pointing to a young boy's ghost sitting on a chair at the base of the staircase and i'm sitting there i'm like yeah he's there he's really not that young he's like 12 but well i guess that's still young but um still still i'm like yeah it's still kid but like the way that they were describing it made him sound like he was four that's why i make that comment and i'm like no he's not four he's like 12 but um I, I look at them and I'm like, but who's the man standing here at the grandfather clock? He's associated loosely with James, but neither one of them actually are from the Benninghoffen family. Mm-hmm. So no real resolution as to where they're from. They're probably from just hitchhikers from a, an artifact somewhere in the place. Mm-hmm. Well, that like the old makes things even more confusing too when something's attached to an item you know and not mm-hmm. the house it probably makes yeah. it really difficult yeah so then there was them and then as you walk up the stairs to the second floor from the landing to the second floor it felt really heavy and i'm like something or somebody happened here and it wasn't good it was a real negative heavy space which was strange for the middle of the house but that space also was where the addition of the house was put so you may have a call um somebody mentioned that they thought somebody may have been this is going to get heavy for a second trigger warning i guess somebody may have been raped in that bathroom at the top of the staircase that would be um and i was like i i didn't get that but something really negative happened i think somebody fell down the staircase or hurt themselves significantly on the staircase. Well, that's after seeing my cat fall down the stairs this week, I could picture that would be really easy to fall down the stairs and be significant. Yeah. Stairs. Yeah. So, and they're carpeted stairs, so they're kind of slick. And uh, so something happened there. I don't know what. It just was super negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went into Wilhelmina's bedroom. And then I accidentally heard way too much of the history than I wanted to, but I should have just stood there and gone, la, 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 la. But I <laughs> felt silly doing that with like, what, six other people in the room. <laughs> um, so we're just sitting there listening or actually standing because you're not allowed to sit on anything in the entire building. Um, so, and something brushed up right against my leg. It was that cat sensation, you know, the head, butt, and then the graceful well, we've body. We've all experienced that, yes. Mm-hmm. And then right as that happened, the team leader goes, by the way, there is a shadow entity that is not human that looks like a cat and it runs around the house. They didn't and say I cat. was just, well, that, okay. It, it, it's small, like a cat. They and described they, it as being spider-like spider-like okay i forgot about that but <laughs> oh so Much it wasn't creepier. a cat a ghost of a cat they no. described it as a crawling entity with long arms the cat is yeah. much nicer in image but it was than- smaller no. it wasn't like mm. human size but i don't care <laughs> it was a crawling entity it's what's what we in the see community i thought call- it was a cute fuzzy black kitty no cat. it's a creeper no. they, no, they have sorry. themselves I didn't, a creeper i didn't want to ruin the the image it felt like a cat it was kind of like one of those cartoons where you kind of feel a cat rubbing against you and then you turn around and like it's like this creepy creature yeah that would be a good in my mind i interpret it as being if you've seen my neighbor totoro there is a character called the cat bus which is a cat it, it's a furry bus 
That's cute, though. In the shape of a cat, and it has ten legs and a tail. Go look it up, and just think about in my cartoony brain. This is how I interpreted it as just an all black version of that, like the size of a cat, which is why I say it was like a cat because it was the size of a cat. It was not a huge entity, but it went right against my leg and brushed up on it. And I, as soon as they said that, I'm like, oh, so that's the thing that's brushing up on my legs. And that freaked everyone else out in the room. And I'm like, no, I didn't mean to do that. But well, I, you can't see this, but I have my feet off the floor right now. So, oh, mm-hmm. it's not coming. At, there's nothing I, in your mm, house, Jen. You're fine. Thank you. Okay. You're I'll good. Except nothing is. <laughs> don't you dare, Christina. The fun thing is, is uh, listening to Kathy talk in this uh, doc- documentary. It was uh, a webinar basically for the uh, historical society. They did mention, or was it that? I also read a few different articles about the history. Mediums have sensed an unhuman entity in the building, but they think it is a elemental, which I've talked about before, from the wood that was used to build the frame of the house. So they think that's a protective entity because when it scraped up against my leg, I wasn't like, oh my God. It was just like, oh, okay. It, it's just a it, it's just a protective Maybe it's, entity on it's the house. way of saying hi and it knows probably that a cat thing is loved or not terrifying it was probably yeah a way to approach a human that won't freak them out is just to pretend yeah. to be a cat yeah Boom. and then i'm going you. to go present myself to the person who can sense me the best mm-hmm. that's okay. probably what it was but um yeah that that was that's what happened i should draw my version of this thing so we can yes, do please yes. do yeah, yeah. That could be okay your terror tuesday it will be my terror tuesday illustration um so there was that and then immediately next door we walked into the uh what would be the sick room it was where people would convalesce um it was also the daughter's rooms when they paulina pauline and i can't remember the other daughter's name um they w- that's their room but one of them had what was it a yellow fever or cholera that, that... she she had a pretty near fatal yeah. disease and that's where she it was because I, I, yeah I was she say... it wasn't pauline because she survived to 1947 but i think it was it wasn't tuberculosis was it no it wasn't okay. tb they would have sent her away for that one um but anyway so you get in there and apparently there's a lot of orb activity in this room which i didn't see and it also when you're in a room unless everything is dark you are not going to see orb activity too well because your eyes are trying to constantly adjust with the light that it does have so this was a partially lit room and even without my light on my flashlight on and um I swear I just said flashlight, not a flashlight. Um, <laughs> oh, gotta correct myself on that one because it came out weird in my whole head. Whole other podcast. Mm. Yes, that's a different. We're not. <laughs> we're not there. Podcast. That's not our podcast. No. But the entire room made me feel nauseous, and you know, when I feel mm. nauseous, that means get out because something there doesn't want you there, so it's trying to project 
really they had a couple of things like that because there was the angry one that you talked to which you'll be getting to yeah angry, but uh, curmudgeonly is better curmudgeon he's a curmudgeon um he he's particular too but not in the same way as Wilhelmina. but anyway um so i felt really sick in that room and ashley was kind of imploring me to leave and i'm like no i'm gonna stay in here and see if i can get anything i got flashes of images of a young woman in the bed sick and really really sick but that was about it we also got a mysterious smoke smell that i smelled first and then everyone on the second floor could smell but not on the first floor and when people went outside to check they couldn't find anyone smoking and it wasn't contemporary cigarette smell it was like um not it it was tobacco for a pipe which has a different Mm. scent Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm highly allergic to cigarettes cigars and tobacco smoke so the minute i smell it i start panicking because i'm like oh no i don't want to go into shock so um i i'm just like where's the source of this and no one could find one and then it eventually disappeared Hmm. Hmm. yeah i remember that yeah so um moving into the other side going to the other side of the uh, second floor there is uh, mcbride's jane mix it's the master bedroom and uh it james mcbride's desk is there and for those of you who don't know he is uh the first mayor of hamilton ohio and he was the secretary of the univer- miami university for 25 years so big <laughs> big member of uh, the community for Hamilton in Oxford, Ohio. They have his desk there. It's an artifact. He never, ever lived there. And he works there. And oh boy, is he a grumpy man. (laughs) He wasn't coming through too well with us that night. But apparently the place is not only haunted by him, but by also a pair of sisters, Isabella and Anna, and their portraits hang in the room above his desk. And the girls grew up as neighbors to the Benninghoffens. And um, they are seen running up and down the second floor playing peekaboo for those of who could see her. I did not see them. They were not present that night. None of the kids are present. The only one I saw was Wilhelmina and she actually wasn't a kid. So like she presented herself as one, but wasn't. Um, But yeah, James McBride was there, but he was kind of like, nah, I tried to connect with him on, he surveyed a lot of the anthropological bits of uh, around Miami university, a lot of the earthworks, from the Hopewell and Adina cultures, and he would survey them. He never dug into them that I could tell. I am being corrected. He did dig into some of them, but um, he was just trying to really just lay them out, figure out what what they were, and um, trying to appeal to that bit instead of the grouchy bit, because people were asking him all sorts of -of out-of-line questions, and I'm like, this man lived at the beginning of the 19th century. Like, why are you asking him about Apple watches or things like that? It, it was that is very mis- It was that I'm just no one was actually asking him, but I'm trying to illustrate how absurd some of their questions were, and not mm-hmm. poking fun at people who had never gone on a ghost hunt before. But I was just like, 
these are weird questions to be asking anybody who's been dead for more than 10 years so mm-hmm. um yeah and also kind of barking orders that james was not going to work that was not flying it's the same with wilhelmina <laughs> neither one yeah. of them are going to respond to you when you're saying turn on this light if you if i say x y or z and i'm like no mm-hmm. you have to be somewhat formal with these people mm-hmm. so which brings me to the last spirit I actually encountered in this house. Actually, no, there's one more, but in this part of the house. And that was a man in Mary Alice's room. Mary Alice being the last maid, I think, or one of the last maids. And she was an elderly woman. So before you start thinking, oh, there was a young man in there. Okay. Well, I guess you could still think that. I, I really shouldn't be that quick to judgment. Go you, Mary Alice. But uh, yeah, he was in his 30s and it was around 1931 was the date he gave me. And he was in a three-piece blue suit with gray pinstriping and he had his collar starched and his hair was short and slicked back. Uh And there was actually a portrait or a guy that looked a lot like him right behind him that I only saw when somebody turned on the light. But um. Yeah, he, he said he was a visitor there, but he actually fits the description a lot of Peter Benninghoffen, and uh, Peter lived to be in his 70s, um, and uh, he was what I think people say were was closeted LGBTQ, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I, I get the sense that that was Peter that I was talking to, but uh, he wasn't as loud or as i think one of the members said flamboyant as he usually is and i was like that's fine he doesn't need to be that way yeah so he was pristine he was also very nice i i like talking to him i would (laughs) talk to him more so the last the absolute last ghost that i ran into was in the basement and that's when like Christina was trying to sketch stuff and I come downstairs with my loud mouth going, oh, there's so many ghosts here. I know. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, I just like this cool oven. Yeah. Were you sitting sitting down there by yourself? <laughs> yeah, well, I had a flashlight and I was sketching from there. because Yeah, you were with Hannah. A, yeah, and, um, you know, Kat saw all this stuff there. Yeah, I was just like, ah, there's a... So who I encountered was Little Turtle, who was a Miami war chief. And Aww. nice guy um just very welcoming he's just like welcome to down here Mm -hmm. this is where my stuff is and (laughs) (laughs) i just had to (laughs) have you ever seen thor ragnarok yes and and there's the guy that goes behold my stuff that's really (laughs) what little turtle basically did was behold my stuff which was funny because when I asked Kathy, because she had mentioned to me, he, there was two artifacts of his in the basement. She did not tell me what. And she's just like, I challenge you to go see where they are. And I showed her pictures of what I think it was. And she's like, nope. And I'm like, man, I was wrong. So wrong. <laughs> she's like, they're actually here. So yeah. That's fun. Yeah. But he was nice. I like talking to him. Um and I just want to quickly run down because time is, we, we have another location to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other ghosts that have been said to be there. Uh, we were at is, this one much longer. We were at, this was a really long, this was like six hours long. 
Oh, it wow. started like what about nine? Yeah, I think it was around till two. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It so was a it long was, one. It was a long one. We were punchy going home. I um, bet. <laughs> so there's one that they called the major, but it's actually Brigadier General Van Der Veer. Oh, I'm going to get an email about that. Anyway, he said to haunt the study in the front halls, specifically around his bust, and he survived the 1863 Battle of uh, Chickamauga in Tennessee, and he is, like I said, tied to his bust. The bust used to be at his house on D Street in Hamilton, and he just kind of hitched hike over to the Benninghofen. Um, let's see. Uh, Dr. Charles Keeley, I did not even know this. I did not sense this guy at all. Um, he is a dentist. He His dentist implements and his chair are actually on display there. He lived on North Street as well. And he loves to play with the printer at the volunteer desk. He loves <laughs> technology. Uh, he practiced the early part of the 20th century but this man loves technology and there's a few times where i've run into entities that are from previous centuries who see things and just want to play with them they're they're inventors that explains troy's 3d printer problems yeah maybe <laughs> maybe it's dark dr keely who's there but exactly um, there's there's helping inventors never die Nothing. they're yes. they're always around they always want to play and tinker with things that actually um, is going to be an interesting segue into the observatory yeah really mm. um there is a spanish-american war veteran lloyd h taylor who said to haunt the area he likes to play with dowsing rods though he was not the one operating them this time when i was there and finally there is yet another um native american spirit that is there it is blue jacket and he is found around the water fountain uh in the actual the new part the new annex bit in between the restrooms basically um in front of the event hall which is where ashley did her readings and he's a shawnee war chief and just hangs around um i guess his spirit hasn't been seen too much recently but those are all the, del- that's the delightful bunch that we met at the Benninghofen house. And it was a cool also, place. it's a cool place. I do want to note, um, where did I put that? That was a lot of lip smacking. I'm sorry, everyone. It's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I, where did I put my note? Oh, okay. So there are actually two Benninghofen houses in Hamilton, Ohio. <laughs> Just because we couldn't make it simple. The first one that we're talking about is uh, 327 North 3rd Street in Hamilton, Ohio. The second one is on Dayton Lane. And that one was built in 1892 by John Benninghofen's son, Christian Benninghofen. Yeah, you get the name. And his wife, Anna. And uh, that one is also beautiful. It's it's huge, though. You, you could tell the two apart. So anyway, please go visit the Butler County Historical Society. I'm sure Kathy will be there and chat your ear off about all the ghosts. I know. It was, it was, it was a cool place. It was a very That's cool fine. place. Jen, you would Thank love you it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll definitely try to make it up there. And so then. So yeah, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago now? Yes. Yes. Um, 
we got to go to the Cincinnati Observatory for a ghost hunt. And this was a fundraiser for the Cincinnati Observatory. And for those of you who may not have listened to the episodes or our podcast before, we actually did a detailed deep dive into the observatory's history, as well as the history of the telescopes in episode 13, way back in our early days last year. It was year. a prophecy. It was a prophecy. <laughs> it has. Been I never fulfilled. thought I'd be able to ghost hunt this place, but uh, yet again, it was a spiritual realm paranormal who managed to do this fundraiser (laughs) convince (laughs) convince is a good one and um thank you um there's a dean i call it dean regis 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 um thank you sir for letting us come in and look at the telescopes he showed us saturn and jupiter before it got too hazy out we got to go to the mitchell building to do that and we got to use the oldest telescope in the United States to do so. Mm-hmm. It's always fun. I love it. I'm a big astronomy nerd. So mm-hmm. that was fun. Um, and then we got to go into the actual uh, old, the new, sorry, the old building with the new telescope, which I had 1904. Never, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> telescope was built in 1904. The old building is 1873. Mm-hmm. And um I never been in there before. It's not normally not open. The Mitchell building, which is the new building is usually the one that's open. Cause they're like, look at our old telescope. But um, I kind of cool. get why they don't open it now. <laughs> um, so Christina, before I talk more, uh, why don't we, what were your thoughts of the place? I mean, it's an incredible um, treasure sort of in Hyde park. I mean, you have this old, Um, old school observatory and you know for a little context in the late 1800s a lot of these sorts of professions like astronomy anthropology archaeology were sort of gentlemen's professions people that had a lot of money would build these observatories and um, you know or or research centers or whatever they were funded by someone rich that was into that sort of thing yeah, and I suspect that was they didn't need to work. Yeah, um, you know, many of the famous, the Hubble telescope, Hubble, Edwin Hubble was a rich dude who, you know, built a big old telescope, I want to say in the Southwest, that's where his was, I don't know. I can't remember, it's been a long day. I know, I know, we all need to watch Cosmos again. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I mean, it was. Sagan the, is coming through going, Yes! <laughs> Now that, that's a whole lot of interesting connotations. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, so um, you know the the newer build, building with the older telescope. I mean, it's really cool how it's all like cranks. It's very steampunk, like cranks, and you know everything's oh, yes. manually done um, except for the um, the the movement. A telescope, a big telescope, has to have some sort of motor to follow the because the earth is moving so fast basically the telescope uh tracks whatever body you're looking at so it if it if it didn't if you've ever looked through a telescope that's not got a motor in it whatever you're looking at does this it just shifts right out of you and then yeah, you have to because, sit there and realign you're everything on, we're on something that's spinning yeah <laughs> and we did we don't notice it because we're used to it but when we look at other things we're just spinning right past them yeah and rather quickly sure? 
Yes, I thought yes. we were flat. I didn't think we were round. <laughs> well, you know. Um. Kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> I'm going to uh, send that ghost cat to you. <laughs> Please do not. <laughs> I, I do mean, not. I was, was, was joking. I mean, my <laughs> impressions were, you know, I would like to come back. I kind of would like to join their club because you can rent a telescope there. Well, not rent. I think you can use, they have a bunch of telescopes you can use if you yeah, are member. members. Yeah, I encourage everyone to become a member of the Cincinnati Observatory. You can mm-hmm. lend out or not quite rent. I guess rent is the best. Borrow. borrow. But, but you can a, borrow a, a telescope a, for a month. It was a super oh, um, interesting place. I, I think that, you know, thinking in the spirit of Carl Sagan, I, Dean was a good sport about it. You could tell he's probably, a well, he even said he's a skeptic. I don't think that he would. I think he's a cynic. Yeah, he, he pretty much said, I you know, I'm a skeptic because they said, is anyone a skeptic here? And he raised his hand. And so I, I feel like he was being a good sport that was kind of coerced into doing a ghost hunt at this place where he worked, you know, where he you know has a, an extreme affection for. I mean, he's very much a local yep. educator in the city. And, um, you know, I think it's and he's doing out. something for the National Parks Department, too. Yes, he's going to be at the Grand Canyon. He's got like basically... Uh, scientists residency you know we mm-hmm. talk about artists residencies. oh cool uh he's going to be looking observing um you know the night sky over grant the grand canyon for a month i think in november i think yeah i think that's right so, so yeah congrats to him but yeah it's funny because uh you know when we got there everybody kind of treated cat like oh it's like you're here we have a medium here yay yeah and i didn't expect that i'm not usually the only medium to really come exciting. to a party um, <laughs> and but it was interesting because um and you can give your experience uh because you said that well i don't even want to say i'll let you say it oh oh <laughs> about the okay uh, yeah, so yeah uh, I ruin it. yeah it's so i'm gonna say the observatory is very tight-lipped about what i'm about to talk about they have every right to be so take this with grains of salt so we go inside and we're in the old building that was built um 1873 and we go upstairs everything in this building creaks there is it, if a cricket lands on a stair step you hear it and we're walking up the stairs and on the landing there is a woman dressed up in 1950s outfit she has her hair done like marilyn monroe it is platinum blonde clearly been bleached to this because that's not her normal hair color (laughs) and she's wearing a yellow and mustard yellow brown uh plaid shirt that is buttoned it has um a collar she has it sneakily buttoned to just before her right over her breastbone and then she has it it's flared out and then she's wearing a pencil skirt that was a darker like burnt umber color and then she's wearing high-heeled shoes and as we're walking up the stairs i literally hear her high-heeled shoes and i get the distinct impression that she was like a secretary or a helpful person around the building um and i was like okay well that's interesting she's here she's like going to take messages and uh take notes for us and that's definitely the feeling i got there was also something in the room that was the storage room across the little hall from the entrance into the main telescope room and i'm like somebody's in there i feel like they're an assistant or like somebody who's a young astronomer doing a residency or something here old 
I get definitely 1960s, 1970s feel from him. More recent with the other spirits I was experiencing at Benningoffin. And we're in the main telescope room. And this is the big research telescope, the one that's from 1904. And uh, uh, one of the docents shows us how it moves around and she opens it. And we absolutely did not have the AC on at all. (laughs) We did have the dome open and there was two windows that are like uh, porthole windows that are on either side looking west to east. And those were open, but it was not a very windy day. It, it was, was kind of stagnant. Warm. It was kind it of was very warm. warm. Yeah, a warm sort of moist night. And I know <laughs> moist. Yep. So I'm going to refer to him as Sir. But if you've listened to our episode 13, you know who exactly I am talking about. Um. So, of course, they they set up their connect system and they pick up somebody right in front of me. And as they're picking him up, I look at them and I say. It's gotten colder here. It feels like the AC's on. Like I'm getting wind gusts where there's no, and there's people standing in front of both of the windows. And I'm like, is there any air coming through? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, it's colder here. And the connect system's picking up on a body. And before I know it, I am looking at Sir, who is staring at me in his pants that are up they're tweed pants with pleats in the front and he has suspenders on and a bow tie and a white shirt and his pants are hiked up to his hip or his uh, waist like really high 1940s style with the black patent leather shoes and he's staring at me and he has his glasses on and he and I'm like hi and he's just like who are you and I'm sitting there like I can see you and they can tell you're here and um it was what cooler by about 15 degrees wherever sir was in the room and somebody the secretary was making the lights turn on and off for him so like you would ask a question to him and she would respond that's weird well that's the secretary it is sexist but that's also the world they lived in yeah. So, um, Christina, did you feel the degree difference? Um, you know, I wish I had. It was kind of stuffy in there. Um, but I, <laughs> but they were actually you seeing it on thermometers. Yeah, they had a flirt camera. Wow. And okay. They could see it. And yeah, it, they were it wasn't it. by me. It wasn't by mm-hmm. me. Okay. I wasn't in the cool. We areas. actually had a scientific equipment to track the temperature, and it was tracking it. And oh, cool. Um, it was one of those heat sensors, you know, the ones where if it's cooler, it's going to be blue or purple. Mm-hmm. And the warmer it is, it turns closer to red and mm-hmm. then back to purple when it's super hot. Like, like it got down pretty low. 63, I thought. I, 63 was the coolest. And we wow. were up there for an hour asking questions. And it was really hard to talk to him because I'm just like, I know who you are. I want to ask you questions, but we're not allowed to ask or even refer to these at all and i'm just like how am i supposed to talk to you if i was that a stipulation of having the event there uh i feel like it's a stipulation yes um so i was like i'm going to honor this i'm not going to talk about it we've already talked about it like i said episode 13 um but he's there he's he is walking around i asked them i get 
uh, I turn to one of the docents and I go, do you get somebody walking around here all time, all the time? You hear just somebody walking and they're like, yeah, we do. And I'm like, that's him. He's walking around. He isn't as active at night as you'd think he is. He came here every day at 8 a.m. So you're going to hear him. He's the most active between 8 a.m. to about 2 a.m. And then there's about a six hour lull time where you won't hear him because that's where he would go home. Yeah. And uh, he lived next door and well, one avenue away, but uh, he could walk through the park to get to his Mm -hmm. house. And yeah, he's there almost all the time, walking around, still observing stuff, still working as a scientist. And wow. he really likes Dean. Like uh, all yeah. of them do. Because it isn't just him. There's the other directors also pop in. And the minute Dean walked up next to me, um, I got the sense of everybody loves him. Like all the yeah. directors love him and what he's doing. So it was just if anything if it's any consolation i i know he's not a big believer in this but he's getting a lot of support yeah he's getting a lot of support from the other side for his endeavors and bringing so much uh attention to the observatory and doing so many good things and they love him for that so i think dean i'm pretty sure he's well loved in the city too he is all of us yeah he seems like a cool guy he yeah. was very nice, and um, yeah. it was cool that that he was there and let us look out the telescope and everything. And yeah. Oh my it, god, I'm so jealous! Yeah, that was the coolest thing. You know? Well, that I, wasn't that wasn't where our night ended, though. Our night yes. ended outside, which I was okay. I was sketching. I so I was sketching up in the area where you had the most activity. Yeah, by so. myself, and of course I didn't see anything, and was sketching, and you know, yeah, sketching. Then I came down, and I was looking for you all. And they took you to a rock. They took me to a rock. She a got a rock. I got a boulder that had <laughs> dog poop behind it. It was great. Uh-huh. So romantic. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciated what they were doing. And I did not. Con- I thought it was kind of uh, cool. Because they were like, hey, cat, come over here. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I, I actually am happy they did that. So they were blind reading me on a location. And which is fine you want to test no the team oh, the paranormal the team. team okay i don't know if they meant to do this or not but they i don't know the history of the place other than the observatory so they took me somewhere next to it that i did not know the history about and they were having me read the place for them to see if i was picking up on the same stuff that they already know about okay it's fine this is actually the best way to if you have a medium that's working with your group, you want to see if they're actually catching stuff and actually saying, doing what they're claiming to do. It, it's good. It's a control. It's the best way mm-hmm. you can uh, test a medium. So they took me to this boulder and my imi- initial, I walk up to it and I go, this is not where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be so many meters that way, closer to the actual building and closer to the road. Um, and they're like, well, touch it, see who you see, see what you have. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel nauseous, but I feel very heavy again, kind of like the staircase and something happened here. And I don't know what, but it was not good. (laughs) 
And that was unfortunately all I could read for them. I was like, something mm-hmm. bad happened here. I know, super descriptive. It's not in the right place. I know, super descriptive. It's supposed <laughs> to be where that pine tree is right now. And then also, why are we surrounded by a bunch of Native American people? But here's the other thing. I am super confused because the Native American people, I believe they're Miami. They could be Shawnee. I'm not good at telling the difference between the two, unfortunately. Um, when they're in plain clothes and they're dead and they're a good eighth a mile away, sometimes you can't tell. But I was like, why are they here? It's a large group of about 30 people staring at us. They're here. The rock is super negative. And then and I actually termed, called it the murder rock. I just said, why? You got them, the murder rock, rock. and the observatory. And I'm like, here's the thing. I am confused because none of these people are related in any way, shape, or form. They came first, the observatory came second, and murder rock came third. And I'm like, why am I feeling this way? And I was just like, please tell me what happened. And I do have something. And I am going to go into a true crime minute with Kat. Okay. So the sources, we need, like a, we need music. Yeah, we need. Yeah. So the sources for true crime minute with cat is Cincinnati magazine, the Cincinnati inquirer, and then, um, Oh no, not the New York times. So Cincinnati, Cincinnati inquirer and Cincinnati magazine. Those were the two that I could get. And this is the Metzger case of 1986. The most recent case we're going to talk about in a while. So, what happened March 5th, the evening of March 5th, 1986, was that Karen Whiteling Metzger, at the time 29 years old, was forced onto a motorcycle by her ex-husband, Ronald Metzger, at the time also 28. And Karen, they landed at the murder rock, which at the time was at the end of the cul-de-sac observatory place, just in front of the observatory. They get off the motorcycle. And as Ronald is, has his back turned, Karen shot him four times dead at the murder rock. So let's go a little bit into their, their back. At the murder rock. At the murder rock. So August 2nd, 1974, both of them are 18 years old and got married. And just a few months later, Daniel Metzger, their son, was born on February 23rd, 1975. And by all accounts from their neighbors, uh, Ronald was a terrible abuser of his family and would knock them around almost on a daily basis. And she would run from the house all the time trying to seek help. Um, he had a rap sheet that is so long, I can't even read it. It would take forever. So he was not a great guy. He also had a stint in a psychiatric hospital on a psychiatric hold. So not a guy that was even keeled. Very abusive man to everyone. Um, He also had a really, I want to call it a fetish for pyromancy. He liked to set things on fire, including their house at one point and the forest behind their house. So on September 24th, 1976, Karen divorced his ass and got out of Dodge. She became, a, uh, she went to school. She became, she graduated in 1982 from the University of Cincinnati um, with high honors. And she became a teacher for our local school district. 
And that's where our story starts. So Miss Metzger is living in uh, some accounts say Hyde Park, some places say Mount Lookout. It's that kind of gray area along Delta that um, Delta Avenue that is kind of both. And um, she had reported his harassment and abuse to the police, which would be District 2. And they told her, like, he had taken, or sorry, he had been the suspect in a pipe bomb blast that had happened in her house that sent her sailing across her own uh, house. Um, Somebody had put a log with a pipe bomb in it. And when she lit the fire, it exploded, sending her across the room. And she thought it was her ex-husband and the, the Cincinnati police department told her, Hey, the next time you see him pull around your house, make sure uh, you catch their plates so that we can try to arrest him. And she did. Uh, she was in a really big custody battle for her son. And um, Ronald had actually, when he did have Daniel at one point, drove all the way down to Georgia and then demanded that she meet him down there to get wow. their son back and she said no and eventually they got back to cincinnati so not a great relationship he had been stalking her for basically a decade harassing her and threatening her so on the night of march 5th 1986 he comes by on his motorcycle again and she hops in his car or in her car and chases him because she's trying to get his license plate number down Eventually, he rams his motorcycle into her car enough times, sending her off the road, then stops, forces her onto the motorcycle, and then drives her up to the observatory, which is surrounded by a large green area, pulls her off the motorcycle and says, I'm going to kill you in the woods, and then I'm going to go find our son and kill him. What may have triggered all this was that um karen had just gotten engaged and she was moving on she was going to marry another man this man her fiance had given her a gun and it happened to be in her coat pocket and when he turned around when roland turned around uh, for whatever reason maybe to put the kickstand down she shot him three times and he fell to the ground and then he tried to get up and she shot him one more time dead not today not today and so what she did was she as calmly as she could walked to the nearest house sat down on the porch and waited for the police and what happened was the um school board so the police took her in took her statement they already had a record of domestic abuse and violence with these two um she was suspended from her job for a few days without pay but when um, basically the grand jury refused to indict her on anything, not manslaughter, not murder. They're like, we have too much history here. And the prosecutors were kind of irked that they couldn't prosecute her, but the grand jury refused to indict. So she was Good. let go after a hundred dollar bail, a hundred dollar bail. Whoa. And which I don't know what it is in today's money, but um yeah it really low and um she got her job back and just melted back into the population oh my god is she so around i have no idea i i did not do a background check to figure out where she is somebody will probably let us know 
Maybe. I hope she got married and lived happily ever after. And that's what I'm hoping. And yeah, she'd probably change her last name and yeah. yeah and I would I would get out of Cincinnati if I was her just to get out yeah. of this toxic yeah. area. Well, considering but the huge article the Inquirer had on it, there was quite a few. Okay. Um, yes, they went. They're very dramatic about it. Um, <laughs> the media, you know, just kind of found something and just clung grabbed on to it. it. Had grabbed it with their teeth and shook. Yeah, the the July article from Cincinnati Magazine. Whomever wrote it at the time, which I'm sure I can find it because I took screen grabs very floral language to describe this entire situation i was just like very sensationalized as well mm-hmm. and uh but yeah she survived daniel survived Fion- um and roland got shot so that's what happened at murder rock and uh they did move the rock the reason why it had been moved because it had been a crime scene and whoever owns the property, which I believe is the University of Cincinnati, decided, hey, this may not be the coolest thing to have right next to our observatory. So they moved it a few hundred yards into the park and now dogs huh. poop on it. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. So that's crazy. It, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a recollection of the name, but I, I don't remember the story that well. Yeah, it's it would be the Metzger's the Metzger case. I mean, I don't condone murder, really, but in a case like that, yeah, this is a case. Those people don't stop until someone's dead. They really don't. We've learned a lot with handling domestic issues. We haven't learned enough before we get all the angry emails going. Right, but. These can be these should be handled in a very different way, and the yeah. police maybe are not the best. Your normal beat cops right. may not be the best arbiters of safety. Mm-hmm. Maybe get some psychologists on more of these. Uh, I'm a little districts. shocked that she didn't get indicted. That's almost unheard of, it especially was, when it's a woman killing a man. That's what the prosecutors were saying. And yeah. uh, basically, public favor was all in her court. Like, wow. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So she, I hope she had a happy ending. I hope she did not Me stay too. around here. And yeah, like, I'm sorry. Everything failed her. The, the psychiatric hold failed her. Like, yeah. So anyway. So that's what the the story of Murder Rock is. It, it's this eighty six case. And uh, so, did you pass the test? Um, I think I got a C. <laughs> uh, maybe a C minus. <laughs> I I mean I don't I don't know. I wasn't the one grading me, but um, <laughs> and also. It was a bad time to test me because I freaked them out because I'm like, I know exactly who this is. It's the former director of the observatory that's up there. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I can't say anything. And I freaked out one of their team members. I'm like, before you freak out, we already did an episode on this location. So I already know the history. So yeah, yeah. I'm coming from a biased point of view already. And now right. if we go back to Benninghofen anyway, now I've done all this history so I can talk to everyone and go, well, you're this and you're this and you're this. Right. And so now those views are biased as well, which is why I like doing these cold readings mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because then I can kind of 
discover it naturally but you just didn't have any of the details it it was just like what freaked him out was when i did the cold reading at doty about the guy in the mm -hmm. uh arc agriculture barn yeah and that freaked them out because they're like how do you know this and i'm like because he told me and yeah i think they were hoping for a repeat of that and Ah. i'm like yeah which i totally get yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, doing doing the cold readings like that is how you train because you start uh-huh. you start understanding who's talking to you and how to interpret things better. Like mm-hmm. the ring situation I had at the house, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how you train is by having people challenge you. That's why I'm not upset that that happened at all. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I, I thought it was cool how they kind of took you there. And- yeah. I, <laughs> Oh, so it was just you, you two. It wasn't like the rest of the. No, the rest of the team was there, also was hearing me yammer on. Too, but, but, okay, you know, I thought it was cool. I mean, yeah, you know, and and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if their expectations were super super high. I mean, you know, I think it is what it is. I think they're used to. Um, it probably just depends on. I mean, there there's a, a couple different factors that probably, you know, work with it. Yeah. Yeah but you know oh, cool I mean, i'm really 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 i know i've said this sad that i missed both of these mm-hmm. I, I mean it but. could be also you know the, we're talking about the factors it depends kind of what's presenting itself at the time too mm-hmm. you know and it seems like if you have a very specific preconceived notion of any of this stuff you're going to be disappointed because mm-hmm. i think that and you know going back to the reading before i think if you're expecting them to say oh my gosh, I see, you know, your brother Fred standing next to you. And he says, remember the frying pan. If that's what you're expecting, that's, it may not be that at all. You know, you're going to be disappointed. It might be something where it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's this instead. And they're talking about your Winnie the Pooh costume. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to share memories more than like specific items. Sometimes what sticks to someone around you is not what stuck to you. Like, that's so, a good point you hmm. know how people remember stuff you know is different and your impression is different and so that's probably why it's so hard sometimes to tell why something attaches to someone because the thing that they're saying remember when we did this was important to them but not necessarily you mm-hmm. like you don't right. know what your interactions and in this case i think it was like not a, a memory that she would have associated with this person they were just saying, oh, I saw you in the Winnie the Pooh costume. It's kind of like when you're somewhere and someone you know c- comes up and says something random to you and you're like, what? I don't remember that. I mean, I, I run into people all the time that are like, remember? And I'm like, I don't remember meeting you before. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch, Christina. Yeah. My God. I I mean, when you meet meet a lot of people, sometimes you might not remember things as well as, I mean, it's nothing personal. It's it's like dwelling on something stupid you said at a party and everybody else forgot it in two seconds and you dwell on it for years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the most notable is I I remember asking my brother about a play we were in high school. I was like, who had that cast party? And, 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 And Hans was like, don't you remember? We did. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, man. And then he went into this whole thing, and I was like, oh, okay. I, I had totally, yeah. it, it, it totally, you know, and then that, it's just because certain memories that you remember in it really mm-hmm. well don't stick necessarily to somebody else. 
Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. And, and, and so that's probably what makes this all the more difficult is a loved one might have a totally different recollection. They remember, especially if it's like a parent or something, they're remembering you as in a way that you've not, you've not seen yourself in a long time, you know? So, yes. Yeah. You know, they might remember you playing with that favorite Raggedy Ann doll that you had and you don't really care about the Raggedy Ann doll. Right. You're like, oh, remember you loved that Raggedy Ann and you're like, Raggedy Ann, my favorite and- toy was a Lego. <laughs> and then that raggedy Ann got possessed and, and threatened to kill you people. yeah okay well, don't that say that happen. i have a raggedy Ann doll sitting in a trunk right here in my living room my godmother gave me a i am Ann going doll. to stay silent and say <laughs> for all of our listeners if you would like to share your own hometown haunts <laughs> and next, raggedy Ann stories and raggedy Ann stories uh next week is our 50th episode and we would love Woo-hoo. to celebrate it sharing everyone's ghost stories I think daddy might be joining us Natty, I hope Natty joins us. It will also be our Halloween episode. So ghost stories galore. That should be the title of that episode. Ghost yes, stories galore. Extravaganza. Yes. So. so you can send those to our email at hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. And I think we can wrap this up and say, everyone from us over here to you out there, good night and stay weird. Bye. Bye.